It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, we're going to dive into the Ricky Rubio trade, the Al Horford trade, and all the draft picks made and acquired by the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've already made a signing uh, in the undrafted free agency period. And we'll talk about what Sam Presti told us in the media uh, following the NBA draft. It is currently 1 o'clock in the morning, Central Standard Time, the latest we've ever recorded Locked on Thunder. Uh, This show will turn around and go up at 4 a.m. If you missed yesterday's show, I laid out the best, uh, worst, and most realistic case scenarios for the Thunder. The most realistic case scenario came true. Uh, And also... Yesterday, we had an interview with Isaiah Moss, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks guard, uh, who is still hoping to get that phone call from an NBA team and become an undrafted free agent uh, as his fellow Jayhawk guard, Devon Dotson, did, joining Billy Donovan uh, in Chicago. That was a very interesting move. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But on today's show, let's dive in first to the trade that got Al Horford to Oklahoma City only four years too late. If you remember, Al Horford was lined up to join Oklahoma City if Kevin Durant would have returned to Oklahoma City because was going to reunite with Billy Donovan, his former college coach. Obviously, that falls through. And now they trade for him. Al Horford's here, as well as a 2025 first-round pick and the 34th overall pick in the 2022 draft class, which later turned into uh, a draft and stash point guard. So the Thunder sent out to get all of that, Terrence Ferguson and Danny Green. The big question is, why do you do this? Al Horford is on a big contract. Why would you do this? Well, number one, you're not you're not paying anyone for, for years to come. I mean, Steven Adams is your only big contract left on the cap sheet, and he is an expiring contract that is going to uh, be re-signable for peanuts next year. There's not really a market for Steven Adams, and you still could trade him before the season starts. I would be kind of surprised if both Al Horford and Steven Adams were we're on this roster come December 22nd. I'd be a bit surprised about that. Uh, but still, no matter what, you have the flexibility cap-wise to pay this contract. And that's why I always found it funny whenever there was those reports about Oklahoma City not wanting to take on long-term money to get better assets. That's exactly what they should have been doing all along. And that's exactly what they did, getting a lightly protected first-round pick from Philadelphia, as well as the 34th overall pick in 2022, which again turned into a draft and stash guy. And they ship off Terrence Ferguson, who God love him. I hope he does great things in Philadelphia. Uh, But 
he ran his course in Oklahoma City. He really did. Uh, he's an above-average defender uh, who maybe at times can shoot, but most of the time he's scared on offense and liability offensively. I hope this change of scenery does him well, and I hope that he is able to thrive in Philadelphia, uh, but you don't lose too much there. And you turn Danny Green already into a first-round pick. He does not even enter the season and have to prove himself. That's how valued Danny Green is around the NBA, despite what you thought about him on NBA Twitter. You take on the Al Horford contract, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Al Horford was in a terrible Philadelphia 76er system. He did not fit in Philadelphia whatsoever. That was a square peg in a round hole in Philadelphia, and they really only signed him because they felt as though if you add Al Horford, the only guy who really defended Joel Embiid well, you would become this force to be reckoned with, and that just didn't happen. And it really hurt Al Horford the most because he was not able to show the skill sets he still has. I think that Al Horford is a top candidate for the next reclamation project who rejuvenates his career. And we can see what happens when he's playing in a more open offense that will let him flourish. I don't know if you're going to get a first-round pick back whenever you eventually do trade Al Horford, uh, but anything's possible, as we just saw with Chris Paul. Al Horford is, is a good move, in my opinion, because he's still a quality NBA player, uh, and, and we'll see what he can do in Oklahoma City. Easily flippable, I think, uh, later on in his contract especially. Uh, but even as early as the trade deadline, maybe he can present himself to have some value in a non-atrocious system like they're, like he was playing in, in Philadelphia. Again, Terrence Ferguson, eh. I mean, sure, in a rebuild, it would have been nice to have him in a rebuild just because uh, you don't want to give up on a first-round draft pick and you might feel some attachment to him being from Tulsa and you might want to see what he can do whenever there's not the pressure that's been on him since he's entered the league. I mean, he's never played for a team that was a losing ball club. Last year was, you know, the the closest to it. But again, that team over-exceeded over expectations and he was again put in some pressurized situation, should we say. And he just has never lived up to it offensively. I don't think he ever will, but he's a flyer prospect going to Philadelphia now. Wishing the best of luck. I hope a change of scenery does him well in Philadelphia. So that was the first trade made. I like this trade, and we'll talk about more why after we talk about the Minnesota trade, which sent Oklahoma City's 25 and 28 picks back to Minnesota with Ricky Rubio returning to, Mickey, to, to Minnesota, and they got pick 17. Now, getting the 34th pick in the Al Horford deal helps you make this trade because in this draft class that is so deep and was seeing so many guys fall, which we will eventually talk about, was seeing so many guys fall, the drop-off between picking at 28 and picking at 34 was not very big if it means you get the guy you've always wanted. And Ricky Rubio, you get off that contract Oklahoma City never really liked, uh, and he didn't have that same sort of value to me. I thought it was going to be a lot harder to flip Ricky Rubio just on his own. Obviously, you attach two first-round picks to him, and you're able to do so. Uh, I, I didn't know if he could be someone who who could be flipped for a huge asset. I mean, I, of course, somebody would take him, as they did tonight, but I just didn't think he had more value than this, and he didn't even have the potential to earn mo more value than the 17th overall pick. And then again, you still have the 34th overall pick as well. Uh, so I like uh, selling on Rubio there. And again, the 34th overall pick, which was a kind of a throw-in to the Al Horford deal, really helps you execute this and feel good about losing 28 because you're going to draft right around, uh, turn right around and draft at 34. So I really like that from Oklahoma City. And you bring yourself to the draft where I think Oklahoma City really, really cleaned up. 
So to quickly recap, I really like the Al Horford deal. I think that Al Horford still has some value that he's going to be able to display in Oklahoma City. Uh, you get off of Danny Green, uh, you get to move him. Uh, I, I don't mind losing Ferguson at all. I think that that's a good decision, as, as well as declining uh, Deontay Burton's option today, which you've listened if you've listened to Lockdown Thunder, you know that was coming a million miles away. So there's not going to be any Burton next year, no Terrence Ferguson next year, and we'll talk about what this roster looks like later on. But then you get to Ricky Rubio. Yes, you trade two first-round picks for one, but in this draft class, trading those two picks in this in this year's draft class to get your guy, get the guy you've targeted, perfectly fine. Because all I had, the only request I had coming into this draft was do not give up future picks to move up. Do not do that. That is a worst-case scenario. And Sam Presti did not do that. He used the picks he had to go get the guy he's targeted for so long. And I love what Oklahoma City did in this draft. We're going to dive into that coming up. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Go because Built Go is just amazing. Listen, I'm recording this podcast, and I do apologize for maybe a, a difference in what you've normally heard from me. But I am a, I am recording this at 1.17 in the morning. And the only way I get to this day that started at 7 a.m. for me is with Built Go because Built Go is an amazing energy jail that can help you get through the day whether it is the mental or physical wall that you need to break through, break through with Go every single day. It is a one and a half ounce package uh, to put in your briefcase from those focus presentation ever, to put in your golf bag to power through the back nine, or to put in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go combines the best workout gel on the market. It is five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it is natural, so it helps your body feel better. And it's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, gets into your system, and it's easy on your stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Built Go kicks in and keeps me going strong with B3 honey and a kick of caffeine. Collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. So visit BuiltGo today at BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. You're going to get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED. You're going to get 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's dive into what Oklahoma City did in this draft class. And I think that they walk away in this class only using one first-round pick, but getting two first-round talents. At 17, with the pick from Minnesota, they draft Alexei Pukovicki, Poku, as the kids call him. He is a lanky seven-footer that moves like a wing and passes like a guard, but needs to grow into his thin frame to thrive in the NBA, according to Kevin O'Connor. He is somebody who I've called a, a home run swing. I think that that's kind of the general consensus around what Poku is. And... For Oklahoma City, as long as you do not trade future assets for him, which you do not trade future assets for him, uh, you can take this swing because this does not really matter. Look, the only outcome for Poku is that he accelerates your timeline. He cannot hurt your timeline. He cannot set your timeline back. He cannot affect this rebuild whatsoever outside of being an elite player. Because if you swing at Poku at 17 in this draft class and miss, oh well. 
the draft classes that really matter for Sam Presti are next year, the year after that, the year after that. You've got to hit on every single one of those picks in the next coming drafts uh, to keep your timeline where you want it to be. But if you miss on Poku, it's no big deal. And Sam Presti has truly loved Poku. I mean, truly has loved him and has singled him out. And this was not a Sam Presti smokescreen. Everyone knew they were going to do this. They did it. And that shows you the kind of confidence they have in Poku. And look, a 7-footer with a 7-3 wingspan that can dribble the ball and can playmake and can shoot the basketball, that's great. I mean, that is a unicorn. That is a, a player we've never seen before. Uh, the bottom line is, he's going to go from playing in the second division overseas to playing in the NBA. And so how is that going to work? Now, luckily for the Thunder, they do have the flexibility to and the, and the ability to let him grow and to let him mature and to let him develop and go through growing, growing pains. They don't need him to be, to be great right now, and they're going to give him time and a lot of time. As you can tell with how much Sam Presti loves him, he's going to have a long leash to prove himself at the NBA level, which he's going to need because this guy is 201 pounds, and there's rumors he's up to 211. This guy still needs to overhaul his body because that will not play at the NBA level as a seven-footer. So that's a worry for me. I think that Poku has very high bust potential and very low boom potential, but if he does get that boom potential... You're looking at the next Kristaps Porzingis or even better. So the pros and cons of swinging at Bukovicki and going a safe route like Terrell Terry, going a safe route like Desmond Bain, going a safe route uh, like any of those guys, you know, the pros and cons of that in a draft in which this does not impact your rebuild. If this pick is good or bad, no matter who you drafted, it does not help you rebuild unless you draft the next Christoph Porzingis. That is the only way this affects your timeline, and it would affect it in a good way. So why not take the biggest swing you can instead of a safe player at 17 or two safe players at 25 and 28? Would Poku have been there at 25? Who knows? With the way that draft board was unfolding and Tyro Terry slips all the way to Dallas at 31, uh, I'm not sure what would have happened with Poku. So for the Thunder, you go get the guy you've believed in for a very, very, very long time. The only negatives about him, because he did try to force some things overseas, but I'm going to extend him the same courtesy I extend NCAA players. When you are the top guy, when you're the lottery pick, when you're the first-round draft pick, and you're playing against a lesser competition, of course you're going to put more on yourself and try to do more and try to play outside of yourself for your team. He will not be asked to do those things in Oklahoma City. So I expect that some of the the forced shots, the the awkward passes, you know, just trying to do too much. I expect that will limit itself out just regularly as he's playing with better athletes around him. So I'm going to give him that same courtesy. So then my only negative assets for him is his body. He's very skinny. 200 pounds on a seven footer is not very, it's not very big. Having to overhaul your body as a big man is really challenging uh, and it can lead to injuries. So you've got to be careful with that, but you got to trust at that point, your strength and conditioning department, if you're Oklahoma city, uh, I do worry about his defensive ability. This is a seven-footer who cannot protect the rim, who cannot play a lot of defense. This is a seven-footer who cannot finish at the rim. When you have a seven-foot-three wingspan, you cannot protect the rim, you cannot finish at the rim. It's a big concern for me. And maybe you don't want your seven-footer to take inside shots anymore. That's fine. But the defense still has to be there somewhere. And the fact that he gives absolutely no effort defensively and shies away from from protecting the paint and, and does those things 
is, is worrisome to me. Now, will that change at the NBA level? Possibly. But when it comes down to it, my biggest concern is overhauling his body and his defense. Because, again, even though he can't finish at the rim, I still expect that that will not be his main focus offensively. So that, that one is fine with me as well. Let's see if, if the Thunder can turn this around with their amazing strength and development department. Now, those are two big things I have to turn around, especially the body. It, the, the Thunder have a great conditioning coach. They have a great you know developmental team. Uh, they've, they've been praised for the way that they can improve guys and can grow guys basketball-wise. So maybe they can do it because the upside is huge. I mean, playmaker, dribbler, shooter, passer, not, of a good, not as good of a shooter right now as Kristaps was at this stage in his career, but still he has the touch for a big man. He really does. Really good off the ball. Of course, still good with the ball. His seven-footer who can dribble and pass. I do wonder, as a seven-footer, just the the way you're dribbling when you're playing against better athletes and better competition, do you lose some of that ability to handle the basketball as defenders get better, faster, stronger? Do we see him come over here and all of a sudden now the ball handling is not as good as we thought it was? Because now he's playing against... NBA caliber athletes and not the second division overseas. At the end of the day, it was worth taking the swing. With 34, which I think I, I misspoke earlier and said that they got a draft and stash guy for 34. No, they didn't. That 34 and the Al Horford trade, they got a first round talent. And that is Theo Maldon. And I had him at 28 on my big board. You get him at 34. That, that is really good to me. And look, the comparison is, is that he's learned from Tony Parker and he's been working with Tony Parker and Sam Presti had a big role in drafting Tony Parker. And one of the things he said to us today at the press conference was that he harkens back to his days in San Antonio whenever he's scouting overseas guys and thinks about all those stores of San Antonio. And Theo, of course, worked with Tony Parker, who Sam Presti drafted in San Antonio. Uh, great feel for the game. Really good playmaker and can finish at the rim. Now, you do have to worry about how he can create for himself. Uh, I'm not sure if he can do that at the NBA level. I wouldn't bank on it. He's also at 6'4", 6'8", wingspan. He also is not a very good defender. And again, that can be coached. I mean, that can be taught. Because when you watch the O'Play defense, a lot of it is just fundamentals and a lot of it is just technique and just not doing the right thing. It's not a lack of effort, which is mainly the case for a prospect, but not with not with Maldon. I mean, he, he gives the effort you need, and so putting him with a Thunder coaching staff that's known for development, but also specifically known for developing defensive players, that could be really good for him, and so I like this pick. I mean, the real limitations for him, if you bank on the Thunder improving his defense, is the fact that I can never see him creating for himself. He does not have that athletic build to me and the athletic ability to create for himself. And so if you never ask him to do that and mix that with his ability to shoot off the catch and also off the dribble, you you cannot you you cannot go wrong there. So I love this pick at 34. And I think that you walk away with two first round talents in a draft that you had two first round picks coming into it. Obviously only make one pick in the in the first round uh, at the end of the day. And then at 37 from the Wizards, uh, you get an overseas guy that's going to be a draft and stash. He did tear his ACL. Uh, get all of that for in September. We'll see what happens with him down the line. Draft and stash guys, you know. It's a coin toss if they ever even come over, much less if they're ever any good. So we won't spend too much time talking about him. His, his highlight tape is impressive enough. Uh, that's why you draft him, and we'll see what happens. Uh, so coming up, I'm going to talk about who I would have taken at each of these picks, and I'm also going to talk about who the Thunder picked up in the undrafted free agent market so far. 
and I'll tell you why you should be excited about the direction the Oklahoma City Thunder are going. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And so I want to tell you, the selections I would have made at the time, uh, but obviously I'm not the GM, and I still love exactly what the Thunder did. And and really, at the end of the day, I probably wouldn't change it at all because of the things I mentioned in the first in the second segment. Uh, but I would have taken Terrell Terry at 17. He falls all the way down to 31. Uh, I like the 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 Maldon pick. I really really like that. So that's fine with me at 34. I'm keeping that. And then at 37, I don't mind a draft and stash, but I would have gone with Ramsey there uh, or uh, Nuoro or Nico Mannion, someone like that at, at 37. But I, I don't mind the draft and stash. So again, this draft really panned out well for Oklahoma City. And I think that this is part of your most realistic case scenario. And you can say it was your best case scenario. So the Thunder get their guy in Puko. Puko, and we'll see if they can make something happen here. And We'll see if they can connect on this home run swing. Uh, after the draft, the Thunder did sign Josh Hall, a former five-star recruit who was committed to North Carolina State. He's a small forward, can really finish at the rim and create for himself. Uh, he did not elect to go to college. He, he set out college, and just like Terrence Ferguson went overseas and Darius Baisley had a New Balance you know, internship instead of going to college, uh, he does not go to college. He plays in some prep you know, leagues and however that works out. And he's now with a Thunder on a, on a undrafted free agent contract. Josh Hall uh, seems to be pretty good. He has the exact same story of Jordan LeCue, who you just acquired from the Suns. Uh, Jordan LeCue, same thing, did not go to college, but was committed to NC State and was a five or four star recruit out of high school. So I want to talk right now about the direction of the Thunder. There are still a lot of moving parts. Could you see Kelly Oubre being traded before the year? Absolutely. Could you see... Steven Adams being moved before the year is is starting. Absolutely. Could you see Al Horford being flipped before the year gets started? Absolutely. Uh, so there's still a lot of moving parts. But at the end of the day, this is what it boils down to to me. The Thunder fan base continues to be super duper spoiled. I've said it for a long time. We are the most spoiled fan base in the NBA because for a market like Oklahoma City to get to call this organization our own that has spent everything they could to become a competitive team in Oklahoma City, to continue to be a competitive team in Oklahoma City, to try to do right by the fan base, to have them do all of that their entire time here in Oklahoma City thus far. And then when you finally have to tank, when you finally have to reposition, when you finally have to take a step back and not be a competitive team, not be a contending team, they still deliver you a roster in which you should be so excited about watching. Again, forget all the parts that we, that we don't know about. This is what we do know. This Thunder team heads into next season with a ton of fun prospects and a ton of fun, fun projects. You have Shea. You have Dort. You have Baisley. Now you have Poku and you have Theo. Add into that mix a ton of fun flyer projects like Jalen McHugh, like Josh Hall, who we just talked about, like Isaiah Roby, who you acquired from the Dallas Mavericks last year in the under-the-radar under move. He's a guy from Nebraska that, that Dallas gave a historic 
second round contract to last season and he gets traded to you and there's still a ton of potential there. You still can figure out what Hamadou Diallo is. He's still on the team. And then you also add in Ty Jerome, who Sam Presti was really excited about. He says that Ty Jerome's a really smart player and he can shoot the lights out of the gym. So you have a fun team to watch no matter what their record is. So you should be very, very excited about that because not only do teams and, and fan bases get to say that their team was as competitive for as long as the Thunder have been so far, but when they finally cannot be competitive for the postseason, not many teams get to say that even in their rebuilding years, even in their years that take a step back, that they get to be this fun to watch. I've said all along, no matter the record, even as you're taking the quest for the first overall pick in Cade Cunningham. Even as you're trying to acquire that first overall pick, you're still going to be fun to watch. This is not the process Sixers. This is not going to be an unwatchable team. Watching LaCue grow, Hall grow, Roby, Diallo, Jerome, Gildas Alexander, Dort, Baisley, Poku, Maldon. That's a very fun team. It's a very exciting team. It's a team you should be excited to root for in a month. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get this season started. Even in a season in which you do not expect to compete or make the postseason, this is still going to be one of the most fun teams to watch. You get to experience a new coach and experience what, what he's going to try to implement for this roster. So much fun. So much is up in the air. I'm glad everyone has listened to the show as it is now 1.40 a.m. So this has been quite the day for me. On tomorrow's show, we will preview free agency. We're also going to do winners and losers from the NBA draft. And where this roster sits at that time. It's going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate everyone who has listened to this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you get your podcast from. This is the only podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder that happens every single day, bringing you new content, even at almost two in the morning. Being able to you know, be in these press conferences, getting paid to be a professional podcaster, talking to NBA draft prospects, all that stuff is not possible without those of you who listen. So I do appreciate that a ton. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-E-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And again, tomorrow we're going to talk about the free agency update and the free agency preview, as well as a huge update on Gallinari's situation. And the news today came hot and heavy, and it is almost 2 o'clock in the morning, so I am sure that I've forgotten to cover something that you wanted to hear me talk about. So if that's the case, or if you have any other questions, just hit me up on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Let me know, and I will cover it on the show as well. If you do not have Twitter, email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. I will answer your questions over there as well. So be good, and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.